Welcome to Hero Hoopla. Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of saving the world. We're here for a review of Shazam! The Fury of the Gods. Shazam! Shazam! Ooh, I like that. Shazam! I'm a he- I'm a superhero now. Oh my let god, me, we're all superheroes. Watch out. <laughs> Shazam! <laughs> I'm no longer a superhero. The newest installment of this wild adventure of DC movies coming out. Is it the DCEU? Is it the DCU? Who can say? I guess Ooh, we'll discuss that as question. we get into the podcast. That will be a discussion. Is it and, is it the DCPU? I don't think an so. Early roast, <laughs> an early roast on the podcast. I love it. Shazam! Fury of the audience. That's that's what we're about to get into. <laughs> Fury no, of the no, Rotten no. Tomatoes. Tomato meter. <laughs> yeah. Do the intro. Do the intro. Uh, all these wonderful people roasting the movie before we even talk about it are my good friends, the wonderful members of the Hoopla Crewpla. As always, I am joined. By the expert of DC Comics, Andy Smith. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Marvel, and of course DC. It's great to, to have another DCEU, DCU movie coming out here. Uh, let's get ready for some James Gunn DC, though. How about that? Mm, mm, I we're think we're all ready for some close. James Gunn DC. Only three also- years away. <laughs> be here before you know it also on this episode of the hero hoopla podcast we have the comic book mastermind chris Pio. oh mastermind is putting it lightly i am absolutely the mastermind Brainiac, now, i'll leave that to yeah. i'll leave that to andrew but i am excited to be here to talk about shazam fury of the gods and last but not least, our very special guest for this episode, it's the supervillain turned hero, Jake Laxer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I felt like that's a, a sound a villainous now superhero would say. Uh, anyhow, what Jake Laxer, you remember all like. things. That is what the dragon sounded like. Uh, was it a good dragon? Bad dragon? We'll dive into it. Yeah. Um, Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV and movies. Uh, March Madness been a little wild. I brought that up in our last pod. It's been even crazier ever since. Um, and uh, you guys are gonna dive into the D and D movie. Unfortunately, I will be absent for that review. But what we will do is reconvene on the Super Mario Brothers movie. So I am very excited for that. And stay tuned weekly for our Mando episode. That's true. We got a lot going on in the Hoopla podcast world these days. So if you want to stay up to date. Chris, where should these people go to find out what we're doing at all times? We've got lots of content spreading far and wide. Want to follow Hero Hoopla for anything coming off of the comic book page? You're going to find our Marvel content, our DC content, including this episode right here. For other types of content, make sure to follow at Hobbit Hoopla for anything in the Tolkien and Lord of the Rings universe. And you can follow at Holocron Hoopla, both on Twitter and Instagram for Star Wars content. Do be mindful that the Hoopla, Hoopla, at least half of our members here, are headed over to Star Wars Celebration Europe. Be on the lookout for all things Star Wars content. And of course, if you want to follow our main channel, you can find us both, again, on Twitter and Instagram, and now TikTok, at Hoopla Podcasts, both Twitter and Instagram, as well as TikTok. Make sure to get in there. We'd love to hear from you guys. Comments, theories, anything (laughs) that you want to uh, go ahead and interact with us online, we would be quite grateful and happy to uh to interact with our fans um additionally make sure to uh i don't have any additionally I think all right good. additionally yeah, that was it. just oh. keep having a good time just keep being a nice friendly person who we like to hang out with um, yeah uh once again i forgot to say my name but that doesn't matter you guys will figure it out at some point <laughs> uh before we dive in one last announcement uh for any of the wonderful listeners out there who want to join the hoopla get some of these cool t-shirts and mugs and stuff, where can they go to find some merchandise, Andy? Head on over to hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site if you want to support the unofficial podcast of everything sci-fi and fantasy. We have uh, shirts, mugs, snapback bills, and, and many more items there. So come over and support the podcast. We would really appreciate it. 
Yeah, we appreciate everything. And uh, if you could also leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this, a, a little comment. We love reading everything that all the lovely listeners have to say about the podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. And we will be right back for this review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods after this. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's Star Wars. Oh, wait, do, do, the, do the Wonder Woman. <laughs> and now let's dive right in to our review of Shazam! The Fury of the Gods. Let's just start with some general overviews. How did you guys feel about this movie? Did it, see, did it stack up to the first Shazam? Was it a good sequel? bad sequel what are some initial thoughts i am so sorry that you started the shazam universe with fury of the gods jim i really i truly passionately feel for you in that in that regard. no i watched shazam one don't worry oh you did yeah i watched it yesterday oh well i'm, I'm glad yeah. you saw good content i went back to back shazam one for the first time and then shazam two Oh, so you can give some good analysis back <laughs> yeah. between yeah. those two movies perhaps I, you should lead yeah i agree or Andrew's ready to go. I really enjoyed Shazam 1. I enjoyed... I really enjoyed Shazam 1. Average. I thought it was a very average superhero movie that I had a good time. Had a... It was, Jake likes a certain word, and we use it all the time here. There was a whimsical nature to when Zachary <laughs> Levi is the whimsical on, nature. When Zachary <laughs> Levi I just saw a twinkle in screen. Chris's eye, too. Uh, yeah. I it, I was I thought it was a fun movie. Um, it's not one that I think I'll go rewatch many times, but I enjoyed my time at the movies. I thought it was kind of the popcorn flick that that you like to see every once in a while. I I would say it doesn't stack up to a lot of the more complex uh, superhero movies we've we've seen over the past few years. This really seemed like a two thousand four. Yeah superhero yes. movie <laughs> yeah exactly i was thinking that same thing when i watched shazam one for the first time like i said yesterday it feels like going back to the sam raimi spider-man yes. movies yep. where it's just spider-man like, 3 specifically a, a kid superhero <laughs> having fun learning about his powers and it it was nice i liked and he it he was just just emo dancing as well yeah, in was, the movie theater yeah. just enjoying himself yeah, I, I agree with that initial take. I, I think walking out of the theater, one of my first thoughts was, that was a good movie. I mean, it, it, there was nothing there to astound me. Uh, there wasn't really too much critical thinking. I mean, you had the mythology element, which was cool, I guess. But again, they kind of just laid it all out for you. Quite literally in the scene in the library with all of the uh, exposition, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. they truly did lay it all out for us. Uh, but again, initial thoughts, I think you're exactly right, Andrew, it's, and Jamie as, as well. This is a kind of a 2004. If this was the first ever superhero movie that I'd ever seen, I would have been like, Just wow, enthralled. where can I find more of this? Yeah. Turns out there's a lot more of it. And that's Arguably the problem. Too much. <laughs> if this was 1999 X-Men 1, well, X-Men 1 was a lot better than this, but uh, never mind. Go back to you, back to you Chris. <laughs> Uh, that I mean, hey, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu <laughs> oh, were both around true, in 1999, true. so it easily could have been made. Uh, a couple of these kids might have not been uh, even concepts just yet, but I thought, uh, again, it, it, all the acting was just fine, no problems, writing was okay. <laughs> it was just a, a, a popcorn flick gets overused mm -hmm. sometimes, but I think that's right, because it was, I, I got myself a large popcorn, I sat down for two hours, and I watched I drink a Dr. Pepper, I enjoyed it all <laughs> all three acts. You gotta watch out, dude. If you're drinking Dr. Pepper, Shazam's gonna come blast that out of your hands. That dude that's loves true. lightning bolting Dr. Oh, Peppers. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. Finger lightning bolts, for sure. So, Jake, sounds like <clears throat> you maybe weren't the biggest fan of this movie. Uh, well, I mean, I think you guys said it best. It's just a film that exists, and now we can move <laughs> on. Um, oh. <laughs> um, it's disappointing to me. Honestly, it's disappointing to me, because I, like Andy said, I also really enjoyed Shazam 1, and I thought uh, that, as well as the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, are really just the saving graces of the mm -hmm. still remaining Snyderverse is that is that still the Snyderverse? I don't I don't I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's like it's kind of phasing out. I don't know. But they're I think the we three officially saving have to put graces, that to bed. Right. 
the Amanda Waller verse. We'll say that. Yeah, true. <laughs> the, the connecting <laughs> um, point. Yeah, the connection point. Um, but all this to say, really, the highlight for me was the the mid credit scene. Uh, mm-hmm. And after that, I was just ready to get out of the theater. I didn't that was care. The I'm sorry. For you? You're <laughs> saying the highlight of the film was something that happened outside of the film. <laughs> yes, that's Your favorite correct. part of this movie was an underwhelming post-credit scene. <laughs> oh, no. I, I thought it was a Jeez. great post-credit scene. Thank you, thank you. Because if you've been watching Peacemaker on HBO <laughs> yeah, Max, which I highly it connected recommend, everything. This, yeah, this is actually pretty exciting content uh, to be able to bring Shazam into that universe. So, officially. Uh, or part of the Justice Society. I don't know much about that, but maybe one of you can speak to that. Well, I can tell you what. The Justice Society was the best part of Black Adam. Not that they're going to make a Black Adam 2, and not that they're probably going to make a Shazam 3, as this movie is not doing too well at the box office. We don't have to (laughs) go into that necessarily. But maybe it's because the marketing... Jamie, when they were marketing this film, there was nothing that really stood out to me, and I don't think that I, the marketing kind of encapsulated, yes, what this movie was. It was a few underwhelming villains with, you know, some fantastical creatures like a dragon that fights off uh, Shazam. But other than that, there wasn't much to this film. Yeah, it wasn't the the crazy story, and I do think that the marketing and also just the overall state of the DCU impacted the box office. Because mm-hmm. like we were touching on the intro, right. the DCEU now doesn't exist anymore, or maybe this movie counts as like the last part of the DCEU, and then moving forward we get James Gunn making his whole universe of... Yeah. So I think there's a lot of confusion out there as to yeah. what is this movie? Does it fit in with the universe? Does it not? And it just overall DC seems to be kind of uh, mess right now but hopefully James Gunn fixes it up and it starts to get really good so for me you can only hope <laughs> I had no interest in seeing this movie at all oh <laughs> just because I I didn't really have any interest in seeing the first Shazam movie never saw it until yesterday until so you guys told me it was fantastic it just I didn't think it was going to be bad I just it hit me as a as a nothing I felt nothing about it I was like, I, <laughs> I nothing you. And what, what did you think after movies? After you and did it, see Shazam one, like, what was your? After I saw it, I was like, that was incredible. And then I was excited to go see Shazam two today. And uh, it was it was good. You know, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it, okay. My favorite parts were when they ignored the extended universe. They tried to like hmm. shoehorn in the Wonder Woman aspect of it. Hmm the Justice Society in the post credit scene, when they were ignoring the extended universe part and they were just dealing with the Philadelphia fiasco and everything yeah. going on with them, yeah. I thought it was really good. It was a nice story about the family. It was a fun. I, you got to love a good superhero movie where they lose their powers and have to fight through that. That's always a good trope to add to a superhero movie. The villains, underwhelming. Mm-hmm. kind of yeah. confusing yep um but overall i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good i agree with you there jamie i i think biggest problem that this movie as well as other dc films in this recent run have is that they just refuse to stand on their own two feet yeah and i don't really get that I, you're right there were a lot of fun elements here with just shazam and the shazam fam the sh- the, the, the Shazam the is what they're Shazam. calling <laughs> I like where, I like where you're going there. I, I, Dang, I, 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 keep there, running. There, keep running. There's something guy. there. We'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop. I, I, I just it, none of the kids or, or or any of the you know world placement NPCs, if you want to call them, none of the background actors could go five minutes without mentioning that superheroes exist. And I I understand that we're watching a superhero movie, but it's just it felt like oh yeah. I know the superheroes. Oh, yeah. Do you want to meet a superhero? Oh, yeah. There's superheroes in this universe. It just felt like, oh, yeah. And they even name drop Batman. Oh, there's another guy that already has a red suit with a lightning bolt on his chest. Like, <laughs> yeah, we know Superman exists. He's the only reason you're here. Superman was, you know, he's, he's the poster child for superheroes, okay? It doesn't make sense that they have to keep referencing back to those other superheroes. And I know, you know, people in the comments are going to be like, oh, Marvel has all the same things, you know? They always bring in other things. But 
Yeah, uh, you're right. It just seems it like works. they do it better. If we go back to like the 2004 Spider-Man movies, there was no extended universe where they had to be talking about other superheroes and it was fun to just have a small encapsulated story about one superhero or you know one family superheroes i did i I thought it was fun i thought it was fun to hear you know how these kids would talk about superheroes in this world as they are superheroes so i thought i i didn't have a problem with that i i did slightly it it wonder woman did seem shoehorned in for sure um that was kind of an odd entrance that they made with that character um yeah but I, I didn't, that was definitely not any of the, the low points of the movie. For me, it was, the low point was completely surrounding the villains. And I even look at the, the overview here and it says, when a vengeful trio of ancient gods arrive on Earth. And I didn't even really feel any of that. Like, the, there were just kind of bland. And then there was one that's 6,000 right. years old and is hitting on a 17 or a 16 year old. And it also looks like she's 16. Joke. Yeah. That's weird. Like, that was kind of a weird thing. I didn't really understand yeah. why she was good, even though her sisters are kind of evil. But then one of the sisters that just killed all these people then became not evil at the end of the movie. So there was just like a lot of things <laughs> wait, happening here. Wait. Speaking of Hespera, the, the older. Uh, the eldest sister, if you will. I love how she gets impaled through the chest and then proceeds to survive for like 45 minutes. <laughs> Just until Shazam she's done with her dies. task. Right. Shazam dies and now she's dead. <laughs> it, she, I, it was absurd. I took a note during the movie. I was like, that was actually a pretty cool death for Hespera. Because, you know, yeah. Yeah. kind yeah. of surprising. The dragon comes up from behind, stabs her. I was like, oh man, that was that was pretty cool. And then by the time the movie ended, I had forgotten that I even wrote that down because I forgot that she got stabbed <laughs> by the dragon because it happened 45 minutes ago. I, I think she did die, air quotes, and then obviously Shazam, you know, he was that was funny. Clear, that, that was yeah, good. That was, good joke, good humor. good humor. A lot of the humor in this movie actually worked. Yeah, I, I actually really I, I liked agree. a lot of the yeah, humor. I agree. Uh, I agree. When, it, when it landed, it landed, I thought... On-screen chemistry was actually really good. I'm getting too broad again. If we're talking about that one scene, <laughs> yes. A, a hole from a wood dragon splintering through your chest is probably going to knock you out pretty quickly. And it did not make sense that she was alive for right And she also had like a hour. full conversation with, uh, with Shazam, <laughs> with Billy Batson. Like, that doesn't, like, that doesn't really compute. And then finally, when, when she realizes like the, the dragon's killed or whatever... Then she passes on. Like that was kind of an odd, right? Yeah. Exactly, an odd writing exactly. choice. Yeah, the ending I think was for sure the weakest part of this movie. Aside from the the villains were just kind of confusing. Nothing too special about them, and I I really do not think they stuck the landing with the ending. The movie ended like four different times, and then they just kept yeah. going. One of right. my least favorite things. Yes is a fake death or like mm. a death and then immediate resurrection. And they even yeah. made the joke about it, about how he'd only been dead for two minutes. <laughs> I, I, I caught on to that joke early. Cause they were like, they, they, they somehow just transported magically to, I guess, was that Olympus Mount Olympus or, you know, the, the God, God world or whatever yeah, they like, want to call it. They didn't yeah. explain I, I was that there to believe Olympus. But they're all wearing the same clothes. Like, they they didn't even want to, like, go home first. I don't know. Talk to the police of Philadelphia. <laughs> like, are there not more pressing things? Like, oh, yeah, we got to get this body in the in the ground ASAP. And it has to be on Olympus. I, I, that, did, that didn't make sense. So it goes into the fact that, of course, they just had to be a resurrection scene, which was also shoehorned like Andrew how do they said, even so. get to olympus the staff I don't know. have no magic powers were, so the magic. wizard didn't have any magic Wait, how do they i'm get assuming there? there's a door the there's a door in their like cave of wonders oh yeah that has, that's, like, true, that's probably but how do they get there. to the cave of wonders yeah. none of them have their yeah, powers anymore true. they have to they, be yeah, a champion to get no this doesn't make any sense uh-oh, we found a huge plot hole. <laughs> major plot hole that plot hole could have been saved by just not doing the bullshit 
die, like sacrifice yourself just to be resurrected. Yeah. Thing, and I thought that was a really like effective terrible. though. The actual death scene with the brother. Oh, like, yeah. the, okay. I will. My yes. favorite thing about this movie, so, not that I'm trying to just jump around to all these different things here, Jamie, but Jack fine. Dylan Glaze Grazer, uh, who played yep. Fre- uh, Freddy was incredible in this movie. Like, yeah, he was stunning. Completely Every agree. time he was on screen, he stole he stole the show. I thought the you know the the, the actors they were all fine, nothing bad. I think throughout the but this character was so good, and he's why I was invested in the in the movie, like to see his agree. experience absolutely and his experience opposite Zachary Levi. Yeah, couldn't I, agree more. Uh, go ahead, Jake. No, no, no. You're gonna go say for it. Thing. Go for it. Go. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I think you're going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're 100% correct. Every time he was on screen, stole the show. He was the one real saving grace for me in terms of investment. Um, don't get me wrong. There were some cheesy things that came out, but um, I guess at the end of the day, the card they can always pull is these are kids who are superheroes, so I guess they can always get away with that. Fine. Um but Which I truly, think is a good way to go about superhero movies because a lot of like when we've been talking about these and having podcasts about the superhero movies, we think of all these reasons why the story doesn't make sense yeah, because right. it's, it, it's not supposed to really make sense. So having the main characters be these kids who are doing foolish kid things is a way for it to actually seem somewhat understandable that the story progresses the way it does. Yeah. Do you think there's an extent at which, like, that line becomes crossed, though? I, I feel like there's a certain point at which the narrative does have to be mature to some degree, right? Like, sure, you can, like, have the quirkiness here and there, but, like, in order for a well-established story arc that's better than average, you you need to take, you know, some degree of maturity in the script. No. Oh, I think you're right. But I think they actually accomplished that in in the final act when when Benny or uh, Billy Batson actually does do the mature thing. Uh, you know, of, of course we're gonna have a, a superhero sacrificing themselves for the greater good. Yeah, that's obvious. But when we see that juxtaposed with the fact that he is a kid and that his family is is mostly younger than him, you come to realize, oh wow, he grew up quick. Even though this is not what he wanted to do. I think my favorite part of the movie was actually the relationship that the kids had mm. and the fact that they played on that Billy did not want the the, the family to break yeah. up because mm. it brings in the overall arch that he's had not only since the first movie, but also his entire life as a character. He's looking for family and he mm. finally has it. They're all cool. And then they want to, you know, Mary wants to go to college. The kids want to do other things. And he's turning it's, 18. It's, it's He's turning 18, and, and, and I think within the Foster program, that worked incredibly well to introduce child superheroes. Uh, it, was, it was a great idea. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that was straight from the comics. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they you know, changed that for the movies. That, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, but, but I thought that worked so well. My favorite part of the movie, their relationship, yes, conceptually, but my favorite part was the layer. I think the yes. layer was <laughs> the coolest possible <laughs> superhero layer for, uh, for kids. Yeah. Of I all time, they they decorated the uh, the seven deadly sins with like you know clown costumes and stuff like that, and and they all had the, the TV and the lights. It was just so cool and so real for a superhero group that is children, yeah. right? And then we find the library halfway through the movie with Steve. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Steve was <laughs> Steve was a great Steve character. The pen. Steve like, was as good a character character as the Holes character from Ant. From Ant Man, Quantumania was like that's the <laughs> that's type. That, that's the the, that, the level that Steve was. And when Steve, when they sent the the letter, and they're reading the the villains are reading it oh, off, yeah. and clearly they were just talking back and forth. Like that was <laughs> there was so many of those small jokes that just worked so well in this movie that haven't in a lot of other films. Yep, I think part of that was Helen Mirren. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, yeah, the I way that she read, she the read note it, yeah, perfectly. And if I go Helen Mirren, do you she want probably Gatorade? One take. Do we have red? Yeah, <laughs> yeah product placement. Yeah, a little bit. Like the Skittles. Yeah, what did you guys? Yeah, yeah I think I, I'm pretty Ooh, sure the this... Taste the Rainbow counter is up to yeah, two. I was about Maybe. to ask, what did you guys think of the Taste the Rainbow joke? Did that land? <laughs> that did kid, that work? That kid is I, so funny. 
almost the said taste the rainbow out loud in the theater uh, the skills <laughs> is one of the, the best writing bits of the movie i think agree not that i not that yeah. it was a poorly written movie i think it was decently written all around but i was very impressed by the way that they introduced the skittles in like the very first scene of the family when they're all hanging out around the family and the younger yeah. girl had left skittles in the pocket of the older girl's pants and then she put it through the washing machine and ruined everything and then the little girl also had drawn a picture of unicorns fighting darla whatever they were fighting demons or something and then to bring all of that back for the final scene when we have all these crazy demons popping up and you find out that unicorns are in fact real and the mortal enemies of all these demons to have them taste the rainbow and then oh. take over. I thought that was a fantastic uh, little story for the younger. Yeah. Daughter. Jamie, it was, it was Genghis Khan, but you're right. I forgot about the diorama. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember the Skittles bit, and I remembered it when they recalled it later, but you're right. The diorama was unicorns fighting Genghis Khan and his army, which, yeah. which ended up being real to a sense, metaphorically. Yeah. Great call. Yeah, well done. Mm -hmm. What well, other of the family, I, I, I kind of mentioned Freddie was my favorite actor, then followed right up with by Darla Dudley, who is the, the youngest daughter who every yeah. time she made a quippy remark, it was just hilarious. And just yeah. like <laughs> her with the cats. And then also the actually yeah. uh, the superhero version of her playing the younger character as well. That was really funny as well. What, what yeah. about the other family members? Like who did you enjoy the most or maybe enjoy the least? Uh, well, this resounding silence, I think, speaks to the fact that <laughs> none of them were especially interesting. Outside, I guess yeah, but I, it's yeah. just I think the, none of them were also distasteful. Yeah, none of them were bad. I, I, yeah, they were I all think, just kind of. I think fine. it was. Yeah, I think it just worked as a conglomerate. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not, not like anything spectacular, but I think it worked. Um, the six I, of them I'm together are a fantastic team of superheroes. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. The bridge scene that we get into. Yeah, the bridge to scene them, was actually know, my favorite yeah. scene in the movie was awesome uh again the humor worked right from the start i can't believe i saved you while this song was playing yeah. that, that was a great bit yeah 100 percent. the humor worked bridge scene was good and then i love that they go back to the lair to review the game tape yeah that was funny all great uh I, I i don't have any yeah i don't have any bright spots i don't have any fail spots for the kids i have one question i don't know why why is Mary's superhero uh, visage, I suppose, or disguise or w whatever she transforms into, why is it just her? Is it like an 18-year-old thing? Andy, is there mm. anything for that? Or? That's a good question. I did not pick up on that, uh, Chris. I was but... reading up on that okay. a little bit online just to see what the deal was, and there weren't really any conclusive yeah. things, but there was someone who played the superhero version of Mary in Shazam 1. And then I guess they just fired her. Uh, was oh. it a recasting? Yeah. Yeah, maybe they didn't need it as Grace Carolyn Curry was older <laughs> Budget now. cuts. Budget cuts, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Grace Caroline Curry did fantastic did as both roles. And I think, actually, you could tell, you know, as, as kind of the second, second in command, maybe mm -hmm. at least the strongest leader as far as age. I think she was great in terms of being... A person and then also being a superhero, even though it was the same actor. Yeah. So I, I think that was really impressive. And I think of they her to tackle. did do a good enough job making her up in the superhero that for like half the movie, I was questioning whether or not it was the same actress in the superhero form and the mm -hmm. human form. Because I was like, they look yeah. very similar, but did they just maybe look similar or not? So I think they, I think it worked out. Mm -hmm. So Andy, you're not aware of any like timeline rule uh, no I don't, I don't think so i think the um i mean they they're obviously the the superheroes when when they do take the form of of, of one of like either mercury or you know the all the, the different letters of shazam um, they are yeah. taking on their forms so saruman yeah so when they say saruman, the saruman. <laughs> that was so funny once again Great that line. worked yeah. really well Great yeah. lines, and also you the hate the yeah, the, the that was from line. the trailer. It was a little ruined. I would have rather that been raw. Oh, that was uh, that was new for me. That was new. 
Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, I remember that from a trailer, but it was very funny either way. Um, now that we're talking it through, I actually I had a lot of fun in terms of the humor mm-hmm. in the movie. And, and this uh, is after the bright this is after we've had a few you know Marvel movies that the humor didn't hit with all audiences. I mean, we can yeah. kind of look at you know Love and Thunder or Ant Man and Quantum Mania. Oh, boy, um, so <laughs> was that movie it, supposed it to be funny? <laughs> Do not give Jake started on Love and Thunder. (laughs) Do not get me started. Jake, how does this movie stack up to Love and Thunder? (laughs) Oh, it was better because Love and Thunder is abysmal. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jake, I got a question for you. What was your favorite part about Shazam Fury of the Gods? Oh, my favorite part about Shazam Fury of the Gods. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm. We spoke to it earlier. It's either Jack Dylan Grazer, uh, his performance, or it was the the mid credit scene. I I mean, I I spoke to both of those already. Um, okay, just contingency. You have to choose a scene within the movie, and it can't be about a character. <laughs> <laughs> it can be about a character, just not about a, a actor. <laughs> mm. Too slow. <laughs> Again, nothing's coming to mind. Um, there is nothing that I. I, I think that embodies truly... that. This embodies your thoughts yeah. on the on the movie. It's a. Uh, so, it's it was just a movie. Yeah, let exactly. Me follow that up with a a, a follow up question for you, Jakey. Why did this movie fail to meet your expectations from Shazam One? What did it not have that Shazam One had? Certainly. Um, I do think that Shazam 1 worked effectively when we focused a little bit more on just Billy Batson's story. Mm. I think trying to, and this has been something that the DC Universe has constantly struggled with, is trying to introduce a an assortment of new characters all at the same time and make everything work immediately. They mm. always try and rush things, and it, again, it's the same thing. Um, don't get me wrong, I do like the the kids superheroes working together. Um, I just they just always miss their mark. And it was I, you know, for them landing it, it was an average movie at best. I mean, that's that's all I can speak to. So I guess my my question is we had Shazam one and what they did really well in Shazam One was the family in the foster home. What they did well in this movie was also the family in the foster home with the two parents. So I thought that worked very, very well. Everything outside of that one dynamic of the family did not work as well. Like it was still enjoyable. Um, Like the like we said with the trio villains, the one being like a a love interest, that whole storyline with her and Freddie in the in the school that then becomes more like, why was she there? Like that stuff didn't work yeah. to me at all. Yeah. Like was she spying on I mean, I I took it as her yeah. spying, but she was why also did she have to good, go to school. But she was also <laughs> not a villain. Like she wasn't vengeful. The the other ones were vengeful, even though like you know, like what well, Right, but I yeah. think she was she wasn't trying to spy for vengeance. She was just like her goal was to rebuild her realm, right? That right. was the right. initial idea that the villains they just wanted to rebuild their realm, so they needed to get the power from Fair. Shazam. And so she was just spying to find. But how would a six thousand how would a six thousand year old villain or not even villain just character fall in love with a seventeen year old in a during one scene because he was man. really he's a little goofball because those because those, those other seventeen those other seventeen year olds those other seventeen year olds bullied her like yeah uh, she got her feelings hurt <laughs> right on the nose she got her feelings hurt she fell in love with a seventeen year old and the mom actually you know another funny moment was when uh, the mom says our uh, our kids love older women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, Marta Milan put some respect on the name. She was Rosa great. Vasquez. She was great. The yeah. mom and dad excellent characters, yeah. Victor Vasquez as well. Oh, that scene uh, uh where the kids show up in superhero form into the parents' bedroom yeah. was one of the best scenes of the movie. <laughs> I totally funny. agree. I absolutely agree. 
And that brings me to one of my points that I want to make about this film as, as well as DC as a whole. I think DC has a movie problem. I'll explain what I mean by that. The they third made bad act, movies. Well, that doesn't help. <laughs> not all bad but... movies. Not all. Hence, I not love the DCU. We'll, we'll get back to that. DC's, DC's coming back. I know Andrew's excited for me to hear that. or Andrew's excited for me to say yeah, that. Absolutely. DC is on its way back. I believe that. But I, I believe uh, that too. One, they have a movie problem in the sense that they struggle to capture a, a full movie of goodness a complete movie i want to say once that right. third act hit and jamie with that exact scene once that hit i was like wow this has been really fun this past 45 minutes you know we had the climax of course we had a battle we had everything but the humor worked the action scenes worked the the stakes worked the the rise and fall of the heroes and the villains worked i, I thought all of that in the third act was was incredibly impressive as far as going to see a movie goes it's just the first two acts you're right, Jake, you said it. It didn't focus on Billy Batson as a character. The foster care system was not re- nearly as, as, uh, as was from trying to relevant. Right. And it just didn't work as a full you know, character movie when this is supposed to be about Shazam. And I know it's characters right. when we have multiple Shazams. Uh, that gets a little confusing. But that third <laughs> act really surprised me and how much I was ready to enjoy the rest of the film. So... Right when that scene hit, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah, and then they decided to have three different endings to the movie <laughs> instead of <laughs> just having a good ending, which that's really my complaint about the movie is the fake death scene followed by the resurrection and then having to have like a second ending scene. Because like either you have it where he dies, he sacrifices himself, and the last scene of the movie yeah. is that beautiful funeral scene with all the family in the God realm. Or he doesn't die, and the last scene is what the actual last scene was, which was a great last scene in the movie. The whole family back together mm. around in the beautiful with table. The wizard. the wizard shows up. So I actually, when I was driving home from the theater because I was disappointed in the way the movie ended, I came up with a better way to end the climax fight scene of the movie. Ooh. Would you guys be willing to indulge me in hearing my rewrite of the climax? Absolutely. Would you have ended it 40 minutes earlier? So that means you <laughs> have to survive for 45 Jeez. minutes? Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do, we, do we have music for rewrite theories? Uh, we'll just play the Shazam well, theme. Shazam! Right, so. <laughs> Enter. Exterior. Daylight. <laughs> we have to go back to the very beginning of the movie and just change one oh, no. thing. <laughs> where Pedro is sitting watching baseball with his mom. Instead, he has to be sitting watching baseball with Billy. Because Billy has to like baseball. Since the climax of the okay. movie takes place on a fucking baseball field and they just don't acknowledge that at all. Like, how are you going to have That's a whole a movie point. where we talked about baseball earlier and then have the whole That's thing take point. place on a baseball field and not acknowledge it? Agreed. The only way they reference it was that she, the Lucy Liu's character goes, what a nice place for a garden, a garden on the soil. Uh, of and then the- just smashes an apple <laughs> into the, the ground. Yeah. Okay, go, go, there go, go. Okay, so now here we are and, in oh, wait, the dome. I'm going to interrupt you again. There wasn't a single apple on the apple tree. There was no oh. apples. Well, that was a... They well, all turned she, into yeah, demons. And, and, and Thena mm. talks about... How the, the tree is blighted and won't grow here, and, and it's just purely to sow destruction and everything. I mean, it grew pretty fast. Love the Minotaurs, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it was grew... fucking magic, Jake. Of course yeah, it grew fast. Know, <laughs> <laughs> Please proceed. I just I'm don't understand how it was. It grew that quickly, and all these <laughs> how, single fruit. How does Darla have super speed? Is how she did like that a lion have a scorpion tail? Yeah, I'm like, they the lost minute... me when that lion had a scorpion. Like, tail. How did that Minotaur get born so quickly? <laughs> Look, they lost me at no. Fruit. The birthing cycle of that. Minotaur... I've seen Minotaurs get born before, and that's a long ass labor okay yeah. that labor takes days there's plenty of dragons out there but made of what <laughs> oh we gotta talk You're about re-writing. the dragon we're bringing sure. it back we're bringing it back reeling it in alright so now my rewrite of the climax we go back to the scene the conversation between Shazam and Freddy when they're on either side of the dome they're having the conversation mm-hmm. 
Freddie now says to Shazam, he says, Billy, you got to get out of there. You can't take her down on your own. You got to get out of there. And then Billy explains to her, I'm going to power up the, the staff and then I'm going to call down the Shazam lightning. It's going to explode. It's going to kill everybody. And then Billy says, no, you can't do that. If you call down the Shazam, you'll turn back into your Billy form and you won't be able to handle the blast. You'll die. You'll get obliterated. And then Shazam points at his head, gives a little wink and says, that's why I got to do this solo, man. And then he takes off, runs, flies, fight. Same fight scene that we had before with just a bunch of sure. punching, kicking, dragons. At some point, Lucy Liu grabs a hold of the staff and they're like fighting back and forth. Or maybe she even has the staff all by herself. And then Shazam oh. tries to do the same distracting thing again where he goes, oh, look over there. And he flies, grabs it. But this time, Lucy Liu holds on tight. And so they're having like a tug of war. He gives it one big yank. Boom. It flies off. Lands right next to home plate. Oh. oh. He kicks the dragon in the opposite direction. Give himself a little bit of a head start. Starts zooming down towards home plate. <laughs> zipping. Flying super fast. Runs on. Lands on third base and starts sprinting. Oh, see, I love that. He makes it a few yards away from home plate. Yells Shazam. Boom. Now we got Billy in Billy form. We get to see a little bit of hero human form Billy which is kind of what this whole movie's about. How you right. can still be a hero as a human. He runs, he slides into home base, says something quippy, like, and the crowd goes wild. As oh. he's sliding into home base, picks up the staff off the ground, turns, looks at the dragon flying at him. Oh. Points like Babe Ruth with the staff. Yeah. The dragon comes flying in. <laughs> and he, he pulls the bah. staff back and says, batter up. And we get a slow-mo oh. of him swinging the bat, staff, connecting with the <laughs> dragon as he says, Shazam. Yeah. Boom, explosion, same thing as before. But this time we see a slow-mo shot of him having turned into Shazam form, mm -hmm. getting blown back away from the explosion so he can survive the explosion as a Shazam. Lands, everything, same as before, except this time, when Freddy runs up to him, he's alive instead of having to go through the whole uh, dead thing. Are, that would have made the stands the impact. Are you James Gunn? Wow, you kind of look like, like James Gunn now that I think you about look, it. You look like James Gunn right now. You know, I'm, I'm out of breath. Round of applause. Round of applause. Honestly, I think we need to hire you as our new writer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah props for that I, I snaps yeah. and claps man yeah. that that actually would make a lot more sense that would have made the ending a million just, times better can, can you just uh, clarify one thing for me in your in your alternate ending when did his Sparrow die <laughs> how about she just dies yeah, normally she dies by getting stabbed by the giant yes! wooden dragon <laughs> <laughs> much better film Jim much better film you're welcome we can finalize the details. She had to move the dome. That's true. She did yes. have to shrink the dome. Right. Had to shrink Which the they dome. Could have just there, there's that just a, there's anyway. a different way you could execute on that. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even need the dome. Yeah. All it did was give Wolf Blitzer a, a chance to come on and get a check. I love I, I love Wolf Blitzer. No, yeah, it was great. I that, just that was <laughs> great. Like I was like, this this is the real world when I saw Wolf Blitzer come on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd CNN in this universe. <laughs> Uh, JB, I I'm a fan of that yeah. man. I would see that movie. I think it, uh, yeah, that was very smart. nice. It's such a a simple change, and then you tie in so many aspects that they like they touched on earlier in the movie, but then didn't bring about a nice conclusion to. Everything right. just kind of ended, and they were just really relying heavily on the fact that he was sacrificing himself for that to be the whole purpose of the climax of this movie. But then they just resurrected him, which negated yeah. the entire climax of the movie. So if you're going to negate yeah. it, then just write a different climax. I like that. Okay. Also, go ahead. Oh, Ian. I was going to jump to a different topic because I wanted Jake's opinion on the dragon in this. Well, let me yeah, do ahead. one more thing then. I like because Smog better. Jamie, <laughs> one more thing to clean up there is that when you're talking about switching bodies between Billy and Shazam... When when they're on Mount Olympus or, or the God Realm or whatever, he punches through the Earth as Shazam. Mm -hmm. 
how did he get back to being the superhero? It's called magic, guy? Like, Chris. But who knows? did he just like? Did he wake up because Wonder Woman was now there, and he's just buried in a box, and he said Shazam out of a stroke of luck, and decided that he was now magic again? I mean, no I don't one knows. Knows. I don't know. No one I like. Knows, but I like your right better. The the one other thing that you get from my rewrite, which. DC, go ahead, hire me. I'll write any movie you want. Um, <laughs> a bigger box office? So much of this movie, they were talking about the wisdom of Solomon. They brought yeah. up the wisdom of Solomon like 15 times yeah. and they never paid it off. Mm-hmm. So if you That's have true. Shazam just say something about like, I got to do this solo, man, and make an intelligent, informed choice. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Then, oh, solo man i didn't even catch that the first that was time a, that was a fucking callback to a callback <laughs> wait did you did you mean to do that yeah oh great job in your fir- job. when you were just telling us five minutes ago did you mean to yeah. do that that's okay. why he taps, that's why he taps his head gives the little wink and says i'm doing oh, this with, it's even i'm better. doing this with some wisdom calling back to when he called Solomon Solo Man earlier in the movie. Viewers, viewers, let us, know, let us know what you think of this rewrite that Jamie has here <laughs> also, in the comments yeah. below. Sh- should we yeah. just redo the audio and just kind of let release that as a podcast expert <laughs> yeah. or extra? Yeah. yeah, let's just cut the movie and then just let Jim narrate in black. <laughs> Great stuff. And then re-release it. But anyway, uh, that would have made Billy. the ending much better. <laughs> Andy, you were going to change to a new topic. I think we just need to talk about the wooden dragon. That was such a cool, like, way that they put that. um, I mean, he actually even mentions it. He's like, a dragon that's wooden. And it's just like, like, that's so much, like, different than anything we've seen before. Uh, Eugene's character, he he goes, and I'm suddenly back in. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, you... We've talked about Smaug before. We've talked about many sure. different dragons. What did you think about this dragon? I thought the aesthetic was pretty cool. Uh, I like how they made the joke about how uh, a wooden dragon is pretty impractical, because it is, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't understand why uh, Lucy Liu Calypso uh, was having the dragon breathe fire at the dome for like five minutes <laughs> at her sister, yeah. which was outside of the dome, which really... She would have known that they weren't going to be able to bust through the dome. <laughs> because like, she needed that's... to give time for Shazam to say my awesome conversation that I just wrote. Duh. Right. Exactly. exactly. What about uh, the, the ability for the, the dragon to shock people in place? I thought that was really interesting yeah. as well. Yeah, the fear aspect the of fear. it was very cool. Yeah. That... Does that come from lore? I'd have to Wait, check Greek we'll mythology. Have to, we'll have to check that out. Not, uh, we'll check Greek mythology lore, not actual DC lore. It was cool to see all those different types of demons and stuff, like the Minotaurs, yep. the Cyclops, the Chimeras, the Unicorns, yeah. of course. Yes. The most feared beast of all. If you're mm. going to have just a, a horde of random CGI monsters terrorizing a city, might as well add a little bit of flair to it. Make it. Some I would cool, say like, that is logical creatures. One of my biggest issues with Marvel DC properties, where you they feel like they have to bring in these characters that you can just off without the audience not feeling bad about it, or like, oh, here's just a general villain character, like in in. Uh, Oh, what's the name of the, the the suicide? The first Suicide Squad. There's just a bunch oh, of like God. little bodies running around, or the same kind of thing happened in in Black Adam, where there's a bunch of skeletons for no reason. Like the yeah, you don't need yeah. to do that. Um, this was interesting, yeah, because it is you know minotaurs and different uh you know different creatures. Uh, but did they really need that? I don't know. They could have maybe honed yeah, in on the actual villains a little bit better. Maybe written them better storylines. Maybe give them better powers. Well, the, um, there has to be that like aesthetic of like saving the world, yeah. right? There has to. But you're right. Uh, I'll I'll give you that. I'll grant you that. Seems I did like round rounding up all the the beasts via twenty black unicorns. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. How oh, did in the they, battle wagon? How did they manage to mount six unicorns? Like <laughs> with Skittles, like Jakey boy. Fe- with Skittles. Skittles. But like, Taste the rainbow. But like, if these are the most feared beasts, I, I, I it's hard for me to buy by taming like multiple. That was the of part these. that was hard for you to buy. <laughs> There's yeah. a magical dome separating Philadelphia from the rest of the world. There's a dragon made of wood. There are chimeras and minotaurs, but no way those guys could get on a horse. Those horses are too angry. Yeah, it's it's too normalized. There's it's There's way no too way you could go bareback on an ill-mannered equestrian. Yeah, <laughs> ill-mannered equestrian was my nickname in high school. Follow at ill-mannered equestrian on Twitter. <laughs> So, Jamie, another kind was, of rewrite that I do want to mention here, there was a rewrite for this film where the intended oh. villain was going to be Dr. Savannah, who was in the final credit scene, and then in this final credit scene with Mr. Mind, which is that like robotic worm uh, creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did, there, were, there was a script that they threw out that had that character as the villain here. So I, I wonder, you know, I guess they felt like they had to have that final post credit scene to at least say, oh, this is why this character isn't a part of this movie, because we set something yeah. up. But that was kind of odd as well. Um, I, mm. I think that would have been more interesting to have kind of a, you know, maybe a, more of a sci-fi bent to this, this rather than just going head back into, oh, Zeus's powers, mythology. you know, the, the mythology that we've talked about in Black Adam, that we talked about in Shazam 1. Um, Maybe. I'm usually not a fan of just bringing back the same villain true. for round two. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, well, then knows, you but... are not going to like the post credit scene. Because I think it's probably time to talk about <laughs> yeah, the, so... the mid and post credit scenes. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. is there anything else anybody wants to talk about about the actual movie otherwise let's give a quick post credit and maybe a outlook as to what the fuck is happening with the dcu and then <laughs> wrap it up shout out to the harry potter scene in the library that's that's all i'm gonna say oh that was a great scene oh yeah the library the, the books cool. flying around the flying books yeah, yeah that was harry that was oh just just, yeah, the just that it looked like 100 oh, okay uh, yeah I was like, was there an actual Harry Potter? We, we mentioned... <laughs> there might as well have been. You, you ask Steve where the Sorcerer's Stone is, and he said it's <laughs> right, in shelf That would have been a funny joke, too. They, they should have done that. Another thing... I thought they were going to play Warner more Bros. with Steve. does own the property. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> crossover? Oh, crossover. Yeah, um, Jamie, I did want... We mentioned the parents very briefly, but I, I would say I thought one of the more different aspects of this movie is these this family is you know they're not doing well financially uh you know the kids all everything's happening with the kids i thought it was just an interesting take to see peep average people um in the day-to-day and how they would interact like with what's happening around them i just different types of characters we haven't seen in other marvel films or dc films um i just want to throw that out yeah i we got very little of the parents this movie. We got a lot more of the yeah. parents last movie, and they're great. I liked them, but yeah, you got totally too many agree. bad guys. You can't have good guys. True. So get out of here, parents. Um, mm. But we did get a couple post-credit scenes, which we've mentioned a little bit here. So um, what do they mean? Where are we going with Shazam in the future? <laughs> this is- it depends. Well, according to James Gunn per interview, it depends how much money Shazam makes. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. Yeah, I've never seen him oh, again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question for our, our lore master and, and perhaps Jake as well, who's, uh, who's seen the other Justice Society members. We do get that scene where two Justice Society members uh, come up to Billy as he's training. Uh, training? Zapping dicking around. Peppers. Yeah, whatever you want to call that. Uh, Two questions, actually. First, did we know those characters? Yes, we do. Yes. Very much okay, so. We do. They are, they are two so. of our... Um, one is Economos, the, the bigger guy. He's Economos. And then we also have uh, James Gunn's wife, Amelia Harcourt, who Amelia has been in... She's kind of another connective tissue of the DC universe at mm-hmm. this point. She was in Black Adam. 
uh, in the Suicide Squad and as well uh, is a main character in Peacemaker. Just kind of representing yep. the the government, you know, kind of agencies, like spy agency type character. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they brought idea. brought her in um, and then asked him into the into the Justice Society, uh, which we saw very heavily in Black Adam with Hawkman, with Dr. Fate and other characters. Got it. My second question there on this mid credit scene is more speculative, less factual based. Do we know? the timeline was that fully after the events of shazam 2 i i feel like he was pretty callous uh, shazam the character was being very callous and just like what if he would already taken down two major supervillains, including three gods quote unquote why is he in the forest just like zapping bottles wouldn't he be doing something I mean, else he's a kid that that well sure and but and that's that's what i was speaking to earlier in terms of like how how many times can they get away with oh it's a kid like it's fine he, we could okay, all do these gotcha. like jokey sit like whatever but uh yeah i mean that that's a heavily implied I to heavily like it, yeah. it that definitely happens after the the it is that points okay. in the movie yeah that yeah they walk up and say we've seen your stuff kid we see what you could do and whatever. i do think that if this was not the the new DCU upcoming, this was definitely the plan with Black Adam uh, mm-hmm. introducing the Justice Society. With Black Adam not doing well at the box office, this movie being projected not necessarily to meet expectations as well. I think the plan was absolutely to bring Shazam in, maybe have Shazam fight uh, Black Adam, join the Justice Society. Yep. Um, and which, it's going to be a shame that we say, won't see that necessarily. Now they yeah. could play in like, yes, they could bring Zachary Levi back once they redo the universe via Flashpoint or however they do that. Um, sure. But I don't expect to see Zachary Levi's character in the near future. Yeah, and it's such a bummer because what they could, where they could take this if everything were to continue as is and DC didn't make this ultimatum that they're just going to slash everything and move on with James Gunn's universe. I I really do think they had something here. I mean, this movie wasn't the greatest, you know, superhero film that we've seen, but in terms of what they were trying to establish with the, with, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson and, uh, and with Zachary Levi and with John Cena Mm -hmm. as, as the three overarching leads, I, I really do think they had potential opportunity, and uh, it's it's just. A I shame. would say it, it does sound there. like it's going to be a soft reboot. So I do think they are going to bring, you know, I think there's going to be some connection. We already know there is an Amanda Waller series, TV series that is in right. production for the DCU. I mean, and it's going to be starring the Amanda Waller we know. So there's going to be connection points. I think it's going to be very similar to in Marvel with the multiverse, except this is triggered by the Flash, Flash rewriting, point. yeah, rewriting right, right. the timeline, maybe. Oh, so yeah. I have to watch Flash. The Flash <laughs> looks wonderful. It's going to be it great. That's good. my most anticipated superhero movie. Maybe uh, I don't even care as much about Kang Dynasty because I didn't like Ant Man Quantum Mania as much. Flashpoint. <laughs> That's my most anticipated superhero movie. The official most hoopla right. anticipated movie of the decade. <laughs> I am brimming with hoopla anticipation. Oh, I can wait. The theories. Um, Think of all the theories. <laughs> <laughs> so as we bring this episode of Hero Hoopla to a close, let's go around. And as we do at the end of every episode of the Hoopla podcast, we're going to give this a nice little rating. Jakey, you were unimpressed by this movie. What are you going to give it on a scale of 1 to 10? And let's get some quick Uh, final thoughts. Sure. I am going to give this a sound 6.2 out of 10. Ooh, hoopla! Hoopla! Um, I felt that, you know, it was a superhero film. I felt that it was a letdown sequel to the initial uh, Shazam. I felt that a lot of things were explored and some of them landed, some of them didn't. Um, I enjoyed some of the cinematics. I thought the the movie in itself was creative, but it just meh. 
Moving on. All right. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hoopla. That was Hoopla. just. <laughs> what about you, Chris Pio? Uh, yeah, I, I resonate a lot of Jake's sentiments. I think he didn't make too many sentiments because there's not too many to make. Um, it was a fine movie. Uh, I think what did work did and, and what didn't work kind of dragged it down. And we've talked about that ad nauseum through the pod here. Uh, characters, great. You know, setting, fine. I, I think the problem that they had and what brings my rating down is that they tried to juggle too many plates. And in and as Jake said earlier, introduced way too much all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't a formal introduction. We knew that these kids had superpowers from the last film, and we knew that they were going to return. But I, you've got a lot of motivations, and then you throw three new villains who we've never even heard of before into the mix. It just seems to change things around too much. Uh, I'll give this a solid six as well. Again, I I, I think... What worked did, what didn't work didn't, and I just wasn't super impressed, but it didn't exactly waste my time. There was nothing <laughs> yeah. that I would... I'm not going to go ask for my money back on this one. I'm happy to contribute to the DCEU yep. uh, rehabilitation project, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, solid the 6 out of 10. <laughs> you got to start a Kickstarter for the DCEU. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, they might need some of your money after this box office, but we shall uh, see. Andy, what'd you think? I'm just going to jump right into the score here. A six out of ten for Shazam. What a movie. That was a movie that was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed the Dr. Pepper, like I said, during the first and second <laughs> act. Um, I would say I... Disclaimer, we are not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. I would say Yet. Zachary Levi is great as this character and uh, his his yes. comedy worked yeah. very well i once again the humor of this movie played better than a lot of other superhero movies i was really impressed with how that was executed the villains much less to be desired you know mm-hmm. you, you got the, there needs to be some better writing around our villains here in the future if it was mr mind and dr savannah were supposed to be the original villains I don't know how that would have played either, because that's a robotic worm. You know, I, that would have been a difficult one to pull off as well. So um, I, I enjoyed it. If it's on FX in the background, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in, but I'm not going to actively go in and turn this one back on. Um, but I, I do hope we do see the Shazam family uh, in the future. They definitely, even though they are aging out of the you know teenage years, I could see there there could be more stories we could we could find with this. You know, if they made an animated series, I think that would be pretty cool too for this this family. With the doors to the different universes. You've you've yeah. got a yes. built-in 60 episodes right there. That's a great point. That was the one storyline which has been in both movies now where they haven't Yeah. They've like touched on the fact that there's doors to a million different universes. They didn't mm. do anything about it. There's so many possibilities out there. I, I love the one character. To... The one character. Do not go in got, there. He had all the slime on him. <laughs> uh, I like this movie more than you guys did. I think I'm going to give it a 7.5 oh. Ooh, out of 10. Right. I Hoopla. enjoyed Hoopla. it. It was fun. I think this is my style Hoopla. of Hoopla. superhero movie. They're, the aspects that I didn't like was when they were, like I said, trying to pull it into this extended universe and they were just shoehorning things that didn't fit and of course the villains weren't very interesting but one thing we didn't mention was the wizard the oh, wizard was the back wizard, yeah. wizard oh, hanging yeah. out with freddy that was a great Jimon duo Hansu. yeah jaman hansu yeah he was cool. so in addition to the he family great. being great i think freddy and the wizard were a great little duo there and he's and connected were, like he's his, connected sorry, in sorry the wizard the black adam as well the wizard and who yeah, I liked his face swap with Wonder Woman. I thought that was <laughs> yeah, that face was incredible. Swap was funny. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Who, and then who when he showed up at the the with? very end, looking sexy. Yeah, yeah. The hat. But who who was the wizard hanging out with? Freddy. Freddy. Got... I thought his name was Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you just make that joke, or are you actually being serious? you got him. Got him. Um, yeah, overall, it was a movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and that brings us to the moment 
of highest hoopla. The quote of the movie. What do you have for us, Andy? As the wizard said, Billy, everyone can be worthy if given a chance. Now go fight for your family. Go fight for the world. Hero Hoopla! <laughs> nice. Beautiful. nice. That was the only good line of this actually a very nice <laughs> Oh my gosh, I could have done this one. As Shazam said, I just threw a truck at a dragon. I love my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too. That's or you could have gone with, I'm 6,000 years old. I turn 18 <laughs> in six months. Ooh, let me give you a little smoochy, smoochy, yeah, smoochy. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my sons love older women. Cougar <laughs> lifestyle. Shout out to the Cougs. Rough March Badness for the Cougs. Oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs>